let's just go in our Bibles to the Gospel of Luke. And I was reading this the other day. There's something about it that really gripped me. It's this whole saga of Peter, how he betrayed the Lord. Luke 22, I'm reading from verse 54. Having arrested him, they led him and brought him into the high priest's house. But Peter followed at a distance. Now when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat among them. And a certain servant girl, seeing him as he sat by the fire, looked intently at him and said, This man was also with him. But he denied him, saying, Woman, I do not know him. And after a little while, another saw him and said, You also are of them. But Peter said, Man, I am not. Then after about an hour had passed, another confidently affirmed, saying, Surely this fellow also was with him, for he is a Galilean. But Peter said, Man, I do not know what you are saying. Immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said to him, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So Peter went out and wept bitterly. Heavenly Father, make this word real to us on this very special day. The day when you gave your life for us. In a very horrible way, horrific way. You did it for us. We appreciate that. We appreciate that. And we know that what you would want of us is for us to make the most of it, as it were. That you wouldn't think that you did it in vain when you look at each one of us. And we pray that this will become very real to us this morning by your Holy Spirit. Gives us revelation in your mighty name. Amen. Now, when I was reading this, you see, once again, you and I can just read the Bible and it can just blow over us, so to speak. But with the Holy Spirit, we need to enter in because that's when He can speak to us. And it doesn't become just routine, it becomes life. Amen. Came to give us life, the Word made flesh. So here he is, Peter. And this thing happens, and it says that he wept bitterly. Now, I saw in my spirit a man not just shedding a little tear. No, he was rolling on the floor, sobbing his heart out, holding himself and just totally and utterly broken. Do we grasp that? It wasn't a simple little cry. It was a gut-wrenching, how shall I say, cry, almost like agony. That's what it was. Because you see, what happened is the revelation struck him. Can you see that? Of what he had actually done. The revelation of what had actually happened struck him. Can you see that? You see, there was a time he said, no, I won't, I won't forsake you. I'll defend you to the last ounce of strength. Blah, blah. The Lord said, Peter, <laughs> before the cock has crowed twice, you will have denied me three times. And at the time, he probably dismissed it as, oh, well, you know, the Lord saying obscure stuff again. That's probably what happened. And can I just say that as the events turned out, there wasn't one moment where he consciously said, I'm betraying him. Do you understand? You were with him. And he thought, oh, no, I better not say that because 
It didn't cross his mind, is what I'm saying. He was swept up in the event of the moment. So everybody grasped that. He just, self-preservation. No, 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 I didn't know. He did it three times. One was a servant girl. Can you believe it? A servant girl. Why should a big, strong fisherman be afraid of a servant girl? You would have thought, she said, are you one of them? Of course I'm one of them. Stand aside, girl. That's what you would have thought, wouldn't you? But no, he bowed the knee because of fear, gripped his heart, you see. And the point I'm trying to make, or I feel God is trying to say, is that this thing, in a sense, this denial of Christ crept up on him. He didn't realize it at the time, you see. But the Lord, in his wisdom, had planted a seed in Peter's thinking. This whole thing about the rooster crowing. Amen? And what happened is, the moment he heard the rooster crowing, all right, twice in this account, and the Lord looked at him, all of a sudden, what happened? He had a revelation of the gravity of what he had actually done. Can you see that? Can you see that? He suddenly realized, and it brought about in him a tremendous repentance. All right? A gut-wrenching repentance, which is actually what God wants for us to get right with him, if you understand it. Now, you see, you might say, oh, well, that was Peter, and, you know, we probably in our heart of hearts say, we would never have done that. <laughs> in a way, we do it every day. Is my point. You see, my point. What I'm trying to say is this, that life catches up with you and I. Amen. We get caught up in it. We get caught up in this whole struggle for survival. This game of survival. Amen. On this earth. It's getting harder and harder. I don't have to tell you that. But we get so easily caught up in the things of this earth, the world system, which we live in every day. You see. And what happens is, very subtly, without even possibly realizing it, what happened? We just move further away. I mean, it's just human nature. I know that throughout the Bible, God made great efforts, especially with the Israelites. Here we have Moses. He's led them through the wilderness. They're about to go into the promised land. He says to Joshua, Let's write these instructions on tablets of stone. Have them in the midst of Israel. Let's have them. Why? So that what? When these people enter into the promised land, they will not forget their God. Amen? They will not forget their God. Moses actually said to Joshua, because he knew these people so well, he said, they will forget you. They will forget God. <laughs> it's a fact. It's going to happen. <laughs> he tried his best to stop it. You understand? Engrave the law on tablets of stone. Keep it in your midst. Rehearse it every day. Rehearse it regularly. All those festivals that were brought in through the tabernacle, etc. All the time, what was it to do? Remind Israel. Remind Israel. Remind them. You see, remind them. This whole rite of circumcision. To remind them that they are separated unto God. Amen? Amen? All the time, God trying to get them to remember. Now you see, Moses understood. In the wilderness, even there where things were difficult, the people still rebelled. 
But what he realized that if it was difficult there under harsh circumstances, when they got to the promised land, land flowing with milk and honey, guess what's going to happen? So easy to forget the Lord their God. Amen. So easy to forget the Lord their God. Right? And lo and behold, what happened? Eventually they forgot him so badly, he had to kick them out of the promised land. Amen? He had to kick them out of the promised land. You see, so what's the issue? I think the word for it is complacency. Amen? Complacency. You and I can so easily become complacent about what God has done for us. Amen? So easy. It's human nature. Especially when things are going well. Does God want things to go well in our lives? Yes, he did. We've been redeemed from the curse. If you read the curses that God redeemed us from, the whole covenant with Abraham, you realize that he wants us to be so blessed beyond our wildest imagination. That's God's heart. Did you know that? But he understood something. In that, there's a big danger. What is the big danger? In all that blessing and the joy of life, we forget the Lord our God. Amen? The source of the blessing. And the cycle is very simply, we forget about him and what happens over a period of time. The blessings start to be removed, you see. Now you can debate whether God does it or the devil does it or that's the system. But the point is, what happens, generally speaking, we come to the end of our tether and then what? Oh God, oh God, here's your child. You get it? Come back to him, you see. It's the way it's designed. Ben Heen tells a story. He was asked to go and pray for a woman in Mexico City. And she's from a very wealthy family, you see. So he goes there to pray for her in this big mansion and she's very ill. He comes into this room, and there she is. I think she's in a wheelchair, and she's suffering. And Benny Hinn, as you know, has a tremendous anointing for healing the sick. As he comes into the room, he describes how he senses the presence of God. Do you know what this woman says to him? This might shock you, but this is what she said to him. Benny Hinn, don't you dare pray for me. <laughs> don't you dare pray for me. <laughs> Came all the way to pray for it. Well, why, man? You know? you know what she said? She said, you know what? I'm so afraid. I'm so afraid that if this pain that I'm living with leaves me, I'll stop going to God. Can you see that? Now, I believe you and I can live pain-free and have a relationship with God. Amen? You don't think it's his plan that you and I live with pain so that it draws us closer to him. Has everybody got that? Thank God for that. But let me tell you, when you and I are in difficulties, we do cling a bit harder, do we not? We do cling a bit harder. But you see, the point that God wants to make is, don't wait for the rooster to crow, if you know what I mean. Don't wait for the problems to strike. And that's what these memorials are about. Can you see? It's a reality check. That's what it is. This is a reality check. Do you know what I mean by a reality check? You see, you and I live in our own little cocoon, as it were. Our own paradigm of life. 
And what happens very often is we somehow get divorced from reality. Have you noticed that? We maybe get an inflated opinion of ourselves. I'm all right, Jack, sort of thing. You see, I'm doing well. I'm going on swimmingly. And we forget just how weak and pathetic and helpless we are on our own. We lose sight of the fact that we are a mere microbe on a piece of cosmic dust hurtling through a massive universe at a tremendous rate of knots. You understand? We can get so involved in our own little life, we lose touch with reality. And very often what happens in a situation like that, something happens, something of enormous proportion comes and shocks us. And very often in that situation, we start to look at ourselves as we really are. I mean, can you see that? It's a cycle of life, actually. Cycle of life. But what God is saying is, don't wait for circumstance to bring the reality check. Amen? Don't wait for it. Don't wait for that. Whenever we take this, the Bible speaks about looking into your heart. Can you see that? Do it in advance, so to speak. Continually walk humbly with God. Amen? You see, and that's what this whole memorial is about. We think of it on Easter, but it's something that applies every single day. I mean, but what is it that applies? His grace. I mean, the great grace of God that took you and I from the swamp, literally, from the dust heap, right? And set us on high. Set us on high. The grace of God alone. The grace of God alone. And you see, we set on high and we start getting sort of complacent about it. Complacent about the things of God. The biggest danger in the Christian church, let me tell you, getting complacent about the things of God. Coming to church maybe once a year because it's Easter or Christmas. What does that tell you? Complacent. Take it for granted. Oh, God will be there when I need him, sort of thing. And yet, daily, forget about him completely. Just carry on. The church will be there when I need it. Notice, when I need it. Nothing about the church needs me. Can you see? Complete different mentality. God needs us. Amen? That's what this is about. This is about God's grace. And our commitment, not just his commitment to us, but because of that commitment to us, guess what? Translate into our commitment back to him. Does everybody grasp that? We can't take this lightly. Let me tell you, we cannot take this lightly. Even if it's not a massive organization, this is just as valid for a handful of us as it is for thousands. Did you know that? Got nothing to do with outward appearance. It's everything to do with your and my heart. Everything to do with it. Amen? So you see, when we gather like this, especially on this occasion where, in a sense, there's such a lot of other things to think about as far as God is concerned. As you know, we have messages every Sunday, different things that we have to discuss, etc., etc. But on this one particular Sunday, or this one particular weekend, what should our focus be on? A revelation, you see. 
of what he's done. In a sense, we should allow this to work on us and let us weep like Peter did. You understand? The Holy Spirit, God willing, impact our hearts. And may we be people who really understand more and more of what it is that he did for us. You see, and when we understand exactly what he did for us, let me tell you, you don't go away and carry on as normal. Amen? I hope we're grasping this. You see, Peter, after that event, nothing would be the same again, would it? Nothing would be the same again. It changed him. Changed him for life. It was a stepping stone for him to go into ministry. The day would come when he would give his life in exactly the same way. The story about Peter, the tradition is they wanted to crucify him. When he came to the end of his ministry, he said to them, I am not worthy to be crucified like my Lord and Master. Rather crucify me upside down. That's what they did, apparently. That's why we have the St. Peter's cross. You know, it's a different cross. Can you see the great change that took place in that man's heart? Why? He had a revelation. And that revelation was a simple rooster crowing. Isn't that awesome? Simple rooster crowing. What did it do? That rooster crow reminded him, reminded him of what God had said, of what he had done. The revelation struck his heart and he wept bitterly. See, this is like the rooster crowing. Can I put it that way? This is like the rooster crowing. That's what the Lord said. Do this in remembrance of me. As often as you meet. Continue. See the idea? Don't wait for the tragedy before you try to grip God. Grip God all the time. Let this cut right through our daily lives. Amen? Can I put it more bluntly than that? Let this cut through every sense of complacency, of just putting up with the world and just going through life. May the cross just cut through all of that. Remembrance of his blood shed for us. His body broken for us. So that we could live in unison of life unto him. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this wonderful, wonderful ritual, if you can call it that, that you've made available. Help us, Lord, just to grasp the enormity of what you did. And having grasped the enormity, may we be changed forever, Lord. May the nail marks in your hands be the nail marks in our hands. May the blood that you shed become blood that we shed. The life of God in us. And may this bread, your body, become the sustenance of our existence. That we might be great people for you in this dark world. In Yeshua's mighty name. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm.